feeling awful. One night at 2am, he woke up coughing, feeling awful. And he noticed across the, the wards there was an old man in a bed. And he was nothing more than skin and bones, really, been there a long time. And the old man was trying to get out of bed. And he was making a lot of noise as his body hurt. But he couldn't get out of bed and he fell back down exhausted. And cried. In the morning, everyone was woken up as the nurses came in. And there was a terrible smell. And the nurses went to the old man. And they realized they needed to clean him up. Clean his, clean his bed clean his clothes and the nurses were rough and one was so angry she even slapped the old man in the face the next night Doug woke up at 2am coughing Feeling awful. I looked across the board. And there was the old man. Again, struggling to get out of bed. But his broken body couldn't get him out. He fell back exhausted on the bed and started sobbing to himself. A Doug who was sick himself in hospital climbed out of bed went across to the old man and he was so light that even though Doug was sick he could carry him. And he carried him to the toilet. He was just really a hole in the ground and then held him as he did what he needed to do and carried him back to bed and as he was putting him back in the bed the old man thanked him and kissed him on the cheek then went back to bed 4 a.m. He was woken. Somebody woke him up, he couldn't communicate. But the guy was gimme, gimme. And Doug gave him the gospel of John in his own language. And he took it away. And all day. Different people from the hospital came to Doug and asked him for the Gospel of John. 
and it was patients, it was nurses, it was even doctors. A couple of weeks later, an evangelist came to speak to them in their own language. To find that there were many in that hospital who had already read the Gospel of John and given their life to Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? All because a sick man carried another sick man to the toilet. All because somebody was determined to share the love of God. And God broke through. Now, I don't know if you can imagine what it must have called across the world to India. Then he gets sick. And he ends up in hospital. And no one will even take the Bible in their own language. They want nothing to do with it. But that was all part of God's plan. God used what happened to Doug to bring many to Jesus. Today, the story we're going to look at involves two men that are very different. But God had a destiny and today what I want us to go away with is that wherever you find yourself whoever you find yourself to be God has a destiny God has a purpose for you you are called by him Amen. Amen. Right, let's dive into our story. This is a long story. And a very important one. Um, and so we're going to look at it today and then next week somebody else is going to carry on and share another part of this story with you. Um, so I actually have no idea who that is, so I apologise. Oh. I apologise, Jordan, if I steal your points today. <laughs> um, but hopefully I'll lay something of a foundation for you to leap from. So we're in Acts chapter 10 today. Before we dive into it, I want just to remind us where we've come from. So in Acts chapter 1, Verse 8. Jesus says Jesus says, Holy Spirit will come upon you. And 
And so far as we've gone through this story, we've seen the Holy Spirit come in Jerusalem. In the areas around Jerusalem. We saw a few weeks ago, Jesus came to the Samaritans in Samaria. And in our story today, the Holy Spirit is laying the pavement, the pathway, the road, if you like, to the ends of the earth. And so, before I dive into the story, let me give you a little bit of detail about it. Our story is about two men. One is Peter. Simon, sometimes called Peter. The friend of Jesus. The Jew, Mujuda, who, as our story starts, is in a town called Joppa. Um, and he's gone there and his amazing things have happened. Tabitha, a servant of Jesus, has been raised from the dead. And the other one is a man named Cornelius. Cornelius wasn't a Jew. In fact, the Jews would have considered him to be kind of close to evil. Because he wasn't a Jew. He was actually one of those Gentile dogs. But worse than that, he was a Roman. He was somebody who'd come into Israel and had oppressed the people of, of Israel. So in every way, he was an enemy. And he was in a town called Caesarea. So Caesarea was named after Caesar, the, the um, Roman Emperor. And was a provincial city where the Romans had a fort and they had around about 3,000 troops in that city. It was also a port city. so they could get things backwards and forwards to Rome very easily. And so, these two men are 60 kilometers apart, but worlds apart in terms of who they are and, um, and what they want to do with their lives. Because Cornelius was a Roman soldier. He was a centurion, so he was in charge of about a hundred other soldiers. We might call him nowadays a captain of the army. Um, he also loved God. So he'd given up his Roman gods and was worshipping the one God. And 
That's about as much as we know about him, really. So let's read our story. We're going to start at Acts 10, verse 1, and we're going to keep going for a while. Um, and Daddy, do you want to go first by verse or section by section? Yes. Okay. Right, let's go verse by verse then. Let's go right with you. Okay. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius. A centurion in what was known as the Italian region. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Jordan. About noon of the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made. <laughs> this happened three times and immediately the sheep was taken back to him. While 
While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While, uh, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So tell one man we Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for, why have you come? The men replied, we've come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he can hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. So then the next day he goes, um, and Cornelius tries to worship him and he says, get up, I'm just a man like you. And then he says to Cornelius, verse 28, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Father, I thank you that your plan throughout all of history was to call a people to yourself from all nations. Lord, even as we sit here today from many nations and pray a blessing upon us. Open our eyes to see the plan and purpose you have for each one of us. You have called us. You've made us your own. So be exalted in our lives. Let your word come to us now, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, it's a long story. It goes on, and I'm sure Jordan will share the rest with you next week. God's plan was always to have a people for his own from every tribe and tongue. And I know that Jordan's going to talk more about that next week. Um, God said right back to Abraham. 
I will bless you and you'll be a blessing to all the nations. And, and Peter knew this. And, and he knew that Jesus had said things like, go into all the earth. His command at the end of Matthew, go into all the nations. Or even as he was telling them that he's the good shepherd. Said to them in John 10, I've got sheep that are not of this sheepfold, I must gather them as well. So Peter knew that this was the plan of God. And yet, up to this point in our story, there was a group of people that Peter was quite happy for someone else to deal with. This is a really dramatic story because it takes Peter and the church into its destiny. Right. A famous preacher called John Stott said that this was like the conversion of Peter. Because he finally got rid of or let go of his Jewishness and accepted that Jesus was for all the nations. Cornelius was definitely not part of Peter's plan. He was somebody who was an enemy was from the, Roman, the Romans, as I've said. Peter really did not even think about going the good news to the Romans. What I want you to notice is in verse 14, Peter's having a vision. And he sees all these different animals that the, the Bible, the Jewish law, had banned him from eating. So there were lots of animals that the Jews could not eat because in Leviticus 11 it told them so. And there is Peter in this trance. And he's got pigs and he's got lizards and he's got birds that you shouldn't eat like eagles. All in this tray like in front of him. And God says to him, kill, eat. And who 
Who knows what Peter's thinking? Maybe he's thinking this is a test from God. No way, God. I've never eaten anything unclean and I'm not doing it. If it had stopped there, what would have happened? Would history have changed? We don't know. But what we do know is that as Peter listened to the voice of God, he stepped up and did something that changed the world. And it wasn't something that he particularly wanted to do. No way, God. God in his grace showed him the same thing three times. Why did God not just let the angel tell Cornelius about Jesus? There's an angel before Cornelius. Tell you what, the angel knows the gospel better than you and me because they lived through it for years. Maybe they were even at the planning stage going, oh, wow, God, that's amazing. So the angel could have appeared and said, hey, Cornelius, God's heard your prayers. I'm here to tell you all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good of Because God had a plan for Peter and the church. God had a destiny for Peter and the church. And he required that Peter stepped into it. Today I want you to know you have a destiny. This church has a destiny. And you as an individual in this church have a calling from God for you. It might be that God tells it you in a vision or a trance. It might be that as you walk through life, you find that you meet God's purposes as you go. And there will be times when you have a choice. But God might ask you to do something you don't want to do. Surely not, Lord. 
Would you missing you? What are you going to do? Give you a short time to see it. See, if God has called you, don't think for a moment that whatever you do, the calling will happen. You have a destiny. But like Peter, you have to choose to step into it. You see, Peter could have just stayed up on that roof. Doug could have stayed in his bed, he was sick, he had a really good excuse. He said, I'm not doing that. What about you and me? You see, God is calling you. God has called you. And God will give you a calling in the future. What are you going to do about it? What happens if it's something that you don't really feel like doing? What happens if it's something like Peter that's going to get you into some serious trouble? Because when Peter went back to his, um, to his friends, they were like, what have you done? You've gone into a Gentile's house? What are you doing? I'm sure the Bible teaches us that Peter got some serious flack for what he did. To explain himself and then everybody was like, yes, that's amazing, God's amazing. But you know, sometimes what God asks you to do might not make sense. Might not be super exciting. Might be carrying an old man to the toilet. But will you do what he's asked you to do? We've been here. My family and I for almost eight years now. Which is proper scary because it feels about two minutes. <laughs> and a lifetime all at the same time. Before we came, about a year before we came, Becky said to me, Becky I will never leave England. But <laughs> I'll never even leave the town we lived in Bangalore. Now, I hope you know that the word never is very dangerous. 
ya tsepa go le le atsiba go le ntshule la o hlapanya la o ke le khale le khale le kotsi god was working on our hearts nimba mudimo na sebetsa dilo tsa go over a long period of time kamuka na go etelele and we wondered if god had called us here to climb mmegela ga ipotsa go na ebe mudimo re bitse tse mo na tla go sena and i'll be honest with you i was like I've done South Africa before. I'm not going out to South Africa. And Becky had just about reached the point where she would consider maybe possibly only if God really said leaving England. Then we had a Skype call with Margaret and Carolyn um, and a teacher that some of you might remember called Katie here at the school. Um, just exploring is this really what god has asked us to do khele ka ufumana gona ibe ke se modimo a bitetsa go swana na when we went to a church meeting box smaller than this you about this thing you know hanile le kopano nya ke re ya go ne ba tla ke le nyane go yena go mo fo mo ka go mena fe mane go bang two people shared two words batho ba ba be di ba go mantsu ya mane one of which i didn't understand at all and i'll share it with you in a minute and if you understand right another one which was really really clear so the first one the easy one to understand was somebody stood up and said i see a big family car and the family car is packed full of luggage suitcases and suitcases even on the roof of the car and as the car is driving i feel like god is saying this is not a holiday this is a full moon I didn't understand at all and I may even get it wrong with you now. So someone stood up. And they went in the body. In the intestines. There are these things in the intestines called villi. And I they like little hairs that move the food along. And God says to somebody here, it's time to move on. <laughs> 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 you know, when sometimes when people stand up, you're like, 
He was one of those I didn't understand it at all. But do you know what? Becky, Becky studied biology all the way to matric level. And she was about the only person in that room who had. <laughs> so when that message came, Becky was like, it's got to be for me. Everybody else has to do what that's about. And there were many, many other things that God spoke in many different ways. But God made it clear to us that He called us here to Clarence. And that was really cool. We could have said no. Where would we be now? So that's the thing with destiny, we call it. Why born and twin is God doesn't force you to have to do things. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, You are God's masterpiece. Created by Him. For good works. And the ESV says that you might walk in them. You might walk in them. You see, God isn't gonna drag you along. God isn't gonna pick you up so you Walking takes something of my commitment to. I choose to lift my leg up. And walk into all the God's fullness. And you will see in the Bible. Joseph, Moses, Ruth is a beautiful example. Joseph and Moshe. You can choose to walk into God, what God has called you. I had a brilliant chat with Pete Bonnie this week. And, and I won't spoil his story by trying to tell it here. Please talk to him about it. But he was telling me his life story. And how along the way, whilst trusting in God, he's felt things in his heart. And in feeling things in his heart, he stepped out and done those things. And he says that all the way along now, looking back, he can see that as he's humbled himself before God, 
as he's listened to the promptings of God in his heart. So God has led him all the way through his almost 70 years. So I want to tell you, you have a calling and it's your job to step into all that God has for you. But what if you're sitting there now and you're going, well, okay, but I don't really know what my calling is right now. What is God's plan for my life right now? if you don't know what that is, then the job right now is to become like Jesus. In the book of Micah, which um, feel free to turn to it if you want to, because it might take me ages to find this one. In Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. So, you might be sitting there going, but God, where have you called me to? Maybe right now the where is right here. Maybe the where is out of here. But I know the who. <laughs> Who has God called you to be? So He's called you to be like Jesus. And I know the what. He's called you to act justly. To love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. When you do those things. How like Peter, you'll be called to specific tasks. Or maybe like Doug, you'll be called to a task that seems very, very small. Love mercy. Show kindness to this one. But in doing so, 
You glorify God. And you step into the destiny that God has for you. The destiny on this church is enormous. God has called this church to be a blessing to the nations. You are part of that. Mm. God has called us to show the church what it means to be the family of God. God will continue to bring the nations to us to see the beauty of his church. That's the destiny of this church. And you're part of that. Will you play your part by fulfilling your destiny that God has given to you? Finally, let me finish. With Philippians chapter 3. This is the attitude of Paul. I'm going to start at verse 10. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this. Or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on. To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Mm. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize. For which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul's attitude was Christ Jesus taken hold of me. So now I press on to take hold of everything that he's got for me. Let that be our attitude. As a church, as individuals, let us press on into the amazing calling that God has for us. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.